Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. This is episode 282, and the title of today's episode is Already and Not Yet in the City of of God. We've been looking at biblical prophecy in the writings of St. Augustine's great work, The City of God. And what we're going to do today is really something uh, really unique, but I think it will show you how understanding biblical prophecy can perhaps adjust our whole thinking about life in Christ in this age. Now, over 200 episodes ago, when we launched Luke 21, I did a whole series and and probably several times since then mentioned this concept of already and not yet as it pertains to biblical eschatology. In the Jewish mindset, there was this age, the Messiah would come and break in, and the entire age to come would start. Okay, and Jesus basically had a grand surprise. Okay, you had this age, the Messiah came. I'm talking about the first coming of Christ, and many things that were expected in the age to come became present, became in the already, and then at the second coming. There's certain things that will be not yet until the second coming occurs. And this is all over the place in the New Testament, as well as multiple sections of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Let me just read to you a couple of those sections, starting 671. Though already present in his church, Christ's reign is nevertheless yet to be fulfilled with power and great glory by the king's return to earth. Section 680, Christ the Lord already reigns through the church, but all the things of this world are not yet subjected to him, the already and the not yet. Now, as I was reading the city of God, particularly book 20, which um, had such profound influence in my life and understanding biblical theology, I'll be always indebted to this. I kept reading a little bit, and at the concluding pages of the city of God, and the city of God only goes to, I think it's book 22, We were in book 20 as we discussed all of the things about eschatology, but thinking about biblical prophecy, what is taught in book 22 may have a whole lot to say about biblical eschatology without mentioning any of the things we commonly think of when we talk about studying biblical prophecy. And The point of this broadcast, I'll tell you before we start what my point is, perhaps there's a lot more of the 
already to the Christian life and experience than what we commonly expect. Putting it another way, perhaps we're thinking that a lot of things that we long for and hope for and expect will be after the second coming of Christ. And I'm not talking about any type of perfect world, perfect answer to prayer or anything else, because we're not living in a perfect world, but there is an already. Now, St. Augustine was of the belief that the miracles and the healings that we see in the New Testament had completely ceased in the church. He thought it was necessary when initially spreading the gospel and trying to basically launch Christianity. You needed those things, but he thought they had ceased. Okay, And this is a very common belief amongst many Protestants and Catholics. And even though somebody might say, no, I'm not a part of that group which is saying all miracles and all healings ceased you know, with the death of the last apostle, it sure did kind of fizzle out and, you know, maybe a minor healing or something here or there. And then you get to book 22, chapter 8 of the City of God. And we're talking about the final book and the final chapters that were written about 427 A.D., And St. Augustine is going to tell you something which occurred over the previous 48 months. Okay? Hang on to your seat. By the way, (laughs) I wouldn't believe this if St. Augustine wasn't the one writing this. I, I just would blow it off. To be quite honest, I would be living in unbelief. But he's, to me, a wonderful church father so well-versed in Scripture. I mean, he's saturated with Scripture, and he's so balanced in his interpretation of Scripture. He's well-reasoned, and I love it that he fully explores eschatology, yet he does so without falling off the wagon about speculations regarding things that can't be known. So given that, I wouldn't believe this happened if it wasn't St. Augustine writing and if it wasn't in the city of God, one of the most influential Christian books in the history of the church. At Milan, with the emperor present, you know, we have a hard time reaching Catholic politicians. Just imagine this. With the emperor present, a blind man was healed in the presence of many witnesses. Now, you know, we have a big difficulty in this country uh, with leaders, political leaders. Imagine if they saw the power of God in that dimension. A man healed in the presence of the emperor and many witnesses. There is a woman who had breast cancer, and her physician told her to have her breast removed, like physicians do today, But after turning to prayer, in prayer, now again, this is like seems so over the top, she was instructed in a dream to stand at the side of the baptismal font. And as the first newly baptized woman came out of her baptism, she was to ask her to make the sign of the cross on her breast. 
Now, remember, coming out of the baptism, that woman would be cleansed from all original and actual sin. And the book of James tells us that the prayer of a righteous person avails much. Well, that woman just made the sign of the cross over her breast. She was healed instantly. Quite a baptism. There is a paralyzed man who is suffering from a serious hernia. Uh, He came up from his baptism completely healed. And things really took off when they built a shrine very near the parish. And to that shrine, they brought the relics of St. Stephen. And then things just went to an unbelievable degree. Um, There was a blind woman cured of her blindness, thanks to the praying in the presence of the relics of St. Stephen. There was a little boy in the community that had been run over and crushed by an oxen cart, and he was at the point of death. Okay, his very faith-filled, smart mother picked him up and took him to St. Stephen's Shrine, and he revived without any sign whatsoever of injury. Okay, he had been at the point of death. Um, this might kind of expand your mind, but more than one person who had been dead, dead, was raised to life. Now, I'm going to read the descriptions of St. Augustine, because again, these are his very own words. This is what happened (laughs) during his mass. He says, the whole church was filled with the voices of those who were shouting and congratulating the person been healed. Quote, the church was full and ringing with shouts of joy. Thanks to God. Praise be to God. Everyone joining and shouting on all sides. I have healed the people. And then with still louder voice, shouting again. This is during mass. Quote, Such a shout of wonder rose from men and women together that the exclamations and the tears seemed like never coming to an end. Quote, they shouted God's praises, but with such a noise that our ears could scarcely bear it. What was there in the hearts of these exultant people but the faith of Christ, for which Stephen had shed his blood? Unquote. And then finally, From St. Augustine, doctor of the church, just a great man, he says, for when I saw in our own times, that was probably 425 to 427, frequent signs of the presence of divine powers, similar to those which had been given of old, I desired that narratives might be written, judging that the multitude should not remain ignorant of these things. You see, he saw it in his own times. And St. Augustine, like many today, thinking, well, this was for the apostolic age and, you know, the fullness is not yet. That's to come. That's the age to come. But already what had happened in two years was over 70 miracles around St. Augustine's churches, including 
miraculous healings, healing of breast cancer, perilous, blindness, and resurrections from the dead. And uh, he said there were so many, and he could go on and on, but he says this work is already too long. This is the the city of God because I could keep going. And it wasn't slowing down. And I'm just thinking, like, what if this happened in your parish? I believe that you would have permanent seating problems. And what am I suggesting? Well, I think we ought to know about the already and not yet about biblical eschatology and not just about, you know, what happened at the first coming of Christ and what will happen at the second coming of Christ, but what I'm suggesting that we might have a shift in a portion of our thinking and expectations to the already category. Maybe we've just narrowed our category of the already a little too much because St. Augustine thought it was all over in the 400s. He thought that was distant past and it broke out with relics of a saint. And could we be missing Uh, some major emphases in the Gospels, like just take the Gospel of Mark. Fourteen times there were healings in the Gospel of Mark. Thirty-one percent of the Gospel of Mark is devoted to healings. Are we missing something? Yeah, I'll let you decide. But I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 282 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.